Um, does everybody have their Discord notifications muted? I am muting mine now. I am turning to screen. <laughs> what a spooky way to start the <laughs> podcast! Sweating. Sweating. <laughs> Hello, Emily. Hello. Ooh. 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 Hey, Alexa, let's get spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yes. We're in an ambiance now. The listener doesn't know it, but no. <laughs> the I'm... entire room just changed. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah. As Cat... you should be. Cat's here. <laughs> yeah, of course. I feel like it's my job to talk before you guys introduce me You talked me instantaneously. Point. So, yes, yeah. I, I actually true. I think that's true. You're... It's been a million years. It but... has. Hi. When was the last time Cat was on? 94, like... I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a pre-COVID cat, too. She was a different that person. Was. Yeah, yes. I'm, like, I'm, I'm much like a butterfly emerging via chrysalis, only with like gross, pukey burpee sounds. Ew. I am back. <laughs> for some reason, COVID makes Cat puke, which is a new one for me. It's I... all, guess what? It was a very big surprise to me as well. <laughs> but you're so... back. You're here. Yeah. You've been resurrected. Emily did not get COVID somehow. I did not get COVID. Which I don't fucking understand. Look, I, don't... I like to believe, so we're <laughs> a little delayed in the recording because of COVID, but I also had two deaths in the family this within 24 hours of each other. That's and a lot. I think that the COVID gods were like, you know what? <laughs> she's got she's got enough going on. Just oh, give her a break. Let's not also sure. give her COVID. That's fair. Yeah. I personally think that you... And Liz are just immune. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that it's been enough times of, like, the both of you near getting method. exposed. Yeah. Hell yeah. And not even Direct near. Direct exposure. Direct. Yeah. 100%. We were full on, like, chicken pox partying. We were, like. Yeah, I was oh, at yeah. that. Just, like, fuck it. We oh, hell like... yeah. Like, that makes complete sense. Like, why not just get it over with and you yeah. both be sick and the other one doesn't have to, like, hide away. Yeah. Like, that's. I was just waiting well, for Jake yeah, to get sick when I had it. Cat was like. I'm going to come home and I'm just going to put on a mask. And I'll, and like, I'll just, hide, like in my hide in my room. And I'm like, you have to come out for food eventually. Yeah. It so sucks. when you go to the bathroom and you come out to the kitchen, are you planning on wiping down every single surface that you touch, including the fridge handle, the right. light switches, the sink? Like, Let's every just... single thing. It's like, no, fuck it. Just yeah. stay out in the living room. Mm-hmm. We'll play Final Fantasy. We'll trade off on cooking, depending on who feels up for it. Mm-hmm. And, like... And then, yeah, and then you still didn't get it. And then so. Emily didn't fucking get COVID. Right. And then I didn't get COVID. Mm. Speaking of the horror of modern plagues, mm-hmm. uh, I hear you guys are getting spooky? Um, yeah, this is oh, the yeah. spooky one. We came together for the spooky one. Yeah. Um, I got uh, spooky mixers that were supposed to be, like, <laughs> all different drinks, but, I mean... <laughs> It is what it is when you pay $8 oh my for God, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, of course. It's all the same. They're all yeah. the exact it's same thing with different same colors. With different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is yours? Do you remember? Technically, mine is supposed to be a spooky lemon drop. Oh, nice. Well, I, I think mine was like a, it was like Dracula's blood orange margarita. <laughs> vampire's blood orange margarita. Thank you. Yeah. And I've got Frankenstein's mojito. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not have any Sprite in mine because I'm going to do that to taste. So we're going to see. I, I only have both vodka and tequila <laughs> and this stupid mixer. <laughs> you put... Okay. Yeah, I did. You know what? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's taste it. Oh. <laughs> Funnily enough, there's way less tequila than vodka in this and all I taste is tequila. <laughs> Can you hand me... 
Okay, you got I'm sorry, it. it's the witch's lemon drop. Oh, thank you. I'm going to... Where are we? are going to sprite it. They are glass bottles. They are. They're like... They look fancy, and they got yeah. cute little labels, but yeah, like holy know. balls. That's <laughs> nothing. I don't taste a There's margarita when no. I'm drinking this. I don't... Like, I taste mixer. Yeah. yeah I don't know something. what the mixer is, it but like I taste... Citric acid. acid. Like it, yeah, it tastes like a vodka sprite with citric acid mm-hmm. sprinkled on yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. That's what every coloring. single one of these is. Yeah. <laughs> it counts, goddammit. It counts. Um, um, I want to thank the listeners for bearing with us because we have been basically a monthly podcast for a bit now. Yeah. And um, I'm about... Are you still going to do NaNoWriMo? Probably not. Okay, because I am. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> I might argue that we should do another just once a month because I'm going to die. I'm also in a play. Yeah. So... Um, we we might just be doing this, you know, when we can. Yeah. Uh, so you'll love it. It'll be fine. I'm going to try to write every day, but I'm not going to go for nano. <laughs> you could do a different, um, the nano website still lets you, like, set up a different goal if you want to have, like, so a different one. So you don't have one. to do, like, the, pro- the, the full, full, full You don't. Yeah. Out. Like, if you sign up to do that, you can, you can do that. But you can also just sign up to do, like, 20K in a month. or And you can do it at any time of the year. It's just, like, a fun that way to sick. set a goal. Hell yeah. yeah. I know. I love it. Is okay. anybody is are any of our listeners out there fucking doing nano? Fucking shout it out. Yeah. Tell tell us what you're working on. I wanna know. I'm Hell so yeah. when it comes to nano, like I'm so fucking nosy. I wanna know everything about what everyone else is writing. But if somebody asks me what I'm writing, I'm like, No, I don't want to. I'm too embarrassed. Oh my so god, bad. for real. I'm like one of those assholes. Uh, same though. <laughs> I've never once figured out how to explain the thing I'm writing without it sounding dumb, and so I just refuse to explain. I've also <laughs> never any like an original novel it's all fan fiction and shit i mean that is bitch. tough too sometimes man it depends on who you're with <laughs> if you're with the I'm right about. people you can be like this a fanfic yeah i don't have an original bone in my body <laughs> can you tell us a scary story yeah. emily let's emily. talk about the scariest thing in the world oh. taxes <clears throat> death nope butts more terrifying <laughs> than taxes more terrifying than murderers Ghosts, demons, home invasion, stomach flu, all of that. My Aunt Jerry. The government. MLMs. <laughs> MLMs! I really thought you were about to be like, I like pulled out another genocide for you. Fuck off. <laughs> Happy Halloween. MLMs. Here's everybody dying. So we're talking about multi-level marketing. In today's presentation. <laughs> oh, oh no, she's going to do it. I will be covering three topics. Oh no. Is this your MLM voice? <laughs> I hate her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Number one. Her name is Kimberly. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Ghost hunting shows are MLMs. <laughs> what? What? They're spinoffs and businesses and merchandise and the collection of haunted objects for public viewing. Mm. Is this like a, is this like this is your hypothesis number two okay she's not gonna answer no she never does i ask questions and she always goes on on we will have a discussion about exorcisms oh good and one of the most famous ones with all the dirt and the secrets about ed and lorraine warren oh shit oh Oh, shit number three the culpability and a killer claiming the devil made him do it, and how that ties into everything I'm going to talk about. Oh God, all I was right. going to say. So it sounds a little bit like we're doing three separate things, but they all tie together. Yes. So yeah. we're going to talk about David Glatzel, Arnie Johnson, and the Devil's Rocking Chair. Oh, 
Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. And I didn't finish the sentence as I was typing it, but I know what I was going to say. Hot. <laughs> Same. I probably have one of those. Yeah. All it says is, I fucking love the Conjuring series. <laughs> <laughs> Next step. I acknowledge. And that's the rest of the sentence. I acknowledge <laughs> the I fact acknowledge that the Ed and Lorraine Warren are pieces of shit. Yes. Yes. Are they really? And yes. And okay. I will get into that. And... I acknowledge that they were problematic in many different ways and a lot of what they did was problematic and that there's a lot of speculation and mystery around the unobserved, unacknowledged, spooky. But we're Mm -hmm. going spooky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, have you seen The Conjuring 3? I believe... Are they getting older in that one? Like, they're kind of dealing with being... Then I have. Yes. Sorry, that's like the most, that's the only one I really remember because it was pretty recent that we watched it. So that is inspired by the 19-year-old, the trial of the 19-year-old Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, who was charged with murdering his landlord, Alan Bono, in February of 1981. Oh. And during the trial, the defendant gained infamy for becoming the first person to claim a defense of demonic possession. Hell yes. In the U.S. court. Right. Shockingly, the judge did not accept that defense. I am stunned. (laughs) (laughs) So, because it also was then a denial of personal responsibility. Well, yeah. Which Mm. isn't going to fly. It's like, it's really hard to claim, you know, insanity even. This is way worse than that. (laughs) This is like, even, yeah, this is even more tenuous than Mm -hmm. insanity. I literally wasn't there because I was possessed. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> so in 1980, we're going to pump it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. One year. One year. Mm-hmm. A Connecticut family, the Glatzels, were trying to clean up a rental unit that they had just purchased. Their 11-year-old son, David, saw the spirit of an angry old man. Great. And the spirit started just physically pushing him. Okay. Not great when you, like, first walk into a place. And the first thing that happens is you're assaulted? And the first thing assaulted? that happens is you get shoved by an angry old dude that was probably just, like, hanging out in the corner. Like, they hadn't <laughs> even, like, moved in or anything? No, they're cleaning out a rental property. It's a rental property. Yeah. It they're is not the... planning. It's their they rental it. property. They're okay. planning okay. on renting right, 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 right. it out. And that, yeah, no, not ideal. So, David's parents become angry with him, thinking he's lying because he doesn't want to do his chores. Mm-hmm. Because that's obviously the first step that an 11-year-old mind would go to. It's like, I am being assaulted by a ghost. So if, I can't sweep. If he was lying, I'd be like, okay, we're going to talk about this later. And also, I'm bringing you to therapy on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, the yeah, fuck? I've some crazy shit, but I don't think it's ever been like, a ghost made me do it. Yeah, you're right, though. It is 1980. We weren't doing therapy so no. much. Yeah. We just kind of went and looked at our kids and said, that boy ain't right. Yeah, <laughs> like, we like, take some fucking... Quaaludes. And shut up. (laughs) So, David told them, like, hey, I'm not lying. And if our family ever moves into that property for a bit, or if we ever rent it out, somebody's going to get hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. So that 11-year-old boy was that sure immediately. Like, this is a bad sitch. This is bad. Okay. This ain't great. So... They end up, like, moving into the property, and David started seeing the old man appearing as a demonic beast that mut- muttered in Latin and threatened to steal his soul. Yeah, that's totally normal. Regular shit. That's I don't know. I don't properties. know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the family also allegedly heard strange noises coming from the attic, 
Good. But no one ever saw the old man except for David. Interesting. So mm. when the 11-year-old started having seizures and experiencing really bizarre injuries, he started growling and hissing, Uh-oh. talking about sure. passages from the Bible, and specifically John Milton's Paradise Lost. Ooh. Ooh. This demon prefers the off-off shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. he doesn't <laughs> want Bible stuff. No, no. He this wants... guy's a connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He likes a, a sexy devil story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he makes it a little bit spicy. A little bit gay, a little bit spicy. that's doing this, but like... Yeah. We don't, we don't love that for him. Once we hit night terrors, strange behavior, and really unexplained scratches and bruises, the family's like, all right, maybe there's some credit to this. You don't know Latin. You're 11. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that'd be my first indication. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to the Catholic church, and a priest tried to bless the house. Mm-hmm. It didn't work, obviously. I mean, Fair. Can you imagine, like, being like, oh, I see you have, like, a rental property available. And they're like, well, we can't do that just now. We gotta get a priest in. It's a long story. This place needs to be cleansed. Well, they had a family in there, and the family decided, like, they couldn't rent it. So, Mm -hmm. the Glatzels are like, okay, house is evil. (laughs) We can't rent it out right now. We will let you out of this lease due to (laughs) house is evil. (laughs) And eventually, uh, the mother, Judy, like, I think she finally got to kind of see him. The the old old man? man. Ooh. And described him as, quote, a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal features and jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hooves. What the fuck? You saw the devil? You saw Pan's Labyrinth. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about old-timey text devil. Old-timey devil. Yeah. Does he bleed oil and shit? Hell yeah. He's he's gross. He's a gross man. Probably. (laughs) So, at that point, they're like, you know what? We're gonna ask again. So we go back to the Catholic Church, and they're like, hmm. No, we're what? not going to do an exorcism. The, uh, okay, by this point, it's probably like, we've had some exorcisms break bad for us, the yeah. church. So we're not going <laughs> to... Yeah. This is a wild time. So the Glatzels also, like, they lived in Connecticut. And at this point, the Warrens also were still living in Connecticut. So the next logical call was to the Warrens. Uh, yeah, makes sense. makes sense. Who yeah. were demonologists, self-proclaimed. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, there's no real way to, like, prove it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't... They, they never really, like, caught anything of note on tape, right? Like... This exorcism is, like, the one that they have okay. audio from. Right. And it's Ooh. fucked up. Did you... Um, okay, that, I they was about note, to ask if you listened to it, and I'm assuming... They note that in the movie, too, mm-hmm. I think, is, like, they're recording that session yes. that happens around the table in yep. the movie. It's real spooky. Mm-hmm. It's it's It would be scary to hear, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So, Ed and Lorraine Warren jump in to help them 12 days after the original incident. So, when they originally, like, came in and <laughs> shit started going south. That's a quick turnaround. I was just going to say, I feel like they actually turned around on this really yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Warrens stated that they observed David levitating being beaten by unseen hands and that he began to be able to tell the future. Okay. 
It, it's like horrible thing, horrible thing, Oracle. I love that. Yeah, the devil will beat the shit out of you, but he will also give you superpowers. Yeah. Also, here are the winning lottery numbers. <laughs> but it wasn't like good stuff. Sure. Oh, okay. oh like I'm so gonna like, die in a fire. Yeah. 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 It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So Lorraine also allegedly saw a black mist materialize next to David, mm. which is never good. Yeah, no, that's not really high on the list of things that would be cool to see during like an exorcism. No, especially yeah. not them. <laughs> and then David's, I believe, sister Debbie and her mother told the Warrens that they had seen David just also then again being beaten and choked by invisible hands. And then there would be red marks on his neck afterward. Mm-hmm. And the Glatzkulls recounted later how each night a family member would remain awake with David as he suffered through spasms and convulsions. Hmm. So Ed Warren said that not only was he demonically possessed, but there were a total of 43 demonic spirits attached to him. Did he have a reason for the number? That's a lot. It's a lot. It's specific. It's very specific. It's not roughly 40. (laughs) No. 43. 43. (laughs) There was going to be a 44th, but that one was like, that's too fucking full. (laughs) He was like, I can't even lay a hand on him. There's too many hands. (laughs) Take the ring finger? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Fucking Beelzebub has that. God, God damn Gary. <laughs> Gary took the pinky Gary. toe. <laughs> <laughs> I so, don't understand how he knows that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no one never does. never really articulate it. Sure. Because, you know. Well, by this 43, point. 43 just denotes that somebody, like, saw all of them at one time and just, like, kept counting. Counting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think at this point they probably had their older Ed and Lorraine Warren they've been around they've seen yeah. some shit they've claimed to see some shit and so when they say no 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 I just psychically understand this people might just believe them yeah mm-hmm. so once they settled on the number 43 the Warrens took this back to the Catholic Church and were like listen you're gonna do this exorcism it's just, it's gonna happen. It's bad up in here. It's real bad. It's bad up in here. We got 43 whole demon spirits. Yeah. <laughs> we got 43 whole demons and a half. That's <laughs> not the full whole one. So they found a Catholic priest that was willing to do the exorcism. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of debate in the media how this is done. And there's a lot of misinformation out there because a lot of reporters, like, don't understand the process of getting an exorcism approved through the church. So they think this, like, priest just went rogue. Mm. <laughs> and like helped them. I love. I love the. Interesting. It's like that's not how Catholicism yeah. works. Yeah. He, like, he they pulls believe. up in a sports Turning car. Turning your rosary and your like little priest. <laughs> you're off the force. Like they have a whole group of people specifically dedicated to exorcisms and right. the approval of exorcisms, and it like has to go to Rome. Yes. And you have to have proof. So they truly think that, like, yeah. this was not an exorcist priest. This was just a priest who was right. like, I can but, do like, this. They they found a Catholic priest that was willing to do the exorcism. And I'm assuming because they knew what they were doing, they went through the proper channels for it. Mm-hmm. And got someone who actually understands how to do an exorcism. Okay. The Warrens also were extremely Catholic. They would not have gone rogue to do an exorcism without the blessing of the church. Okay, sure. Like, that just... 
No. So yeah. people are saying they might have done this, but yeah. it doesn't make sense. Is I also, yeah, not that I'm like an expert on this shit by any stretch of imagination, but I feel like once, like, if the Pope blesses you to do it, then you probably have like a little more God juice to actually do an exorcism. <laughs> versus like the Pope being like, no, because then like, where's the power in that belief? You that's know that's I mean? true. That's why they would have yeah. the Vatican approve this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Pope is out there like individually approving exorcism. <laughs> no. Somebody in the Vatican but, like, is. Somebody probably in the Vatican. So, and okay, let me ask this. They are saying that Ed and Lorraine Warren went off the grid and fucking got a rando because this didn't go well for the church and the church doesn't want to be associated with it. Probably. Okay. That makes sense. Rather than like, oh yeah, we sanctioned this and something bad happened. Right. The church dodging responsibility for something they've done? Crazy. Look. Look. (laughs) They have never. So in the end, they ended up doing three lesser exorcisms. Rather than, like, I guess one big A one, one greater exorcism? <laughs> yeah. A grand mall exorcism? Yeah. <laughs> this is like healing potions in D&D. <laughs> so we have a lesser potion of right. exorcism, and then, yeah. you know, it's more expensive for the greater potion Well, the of greater exorcism. potion of exorcism is, like, 500 gold. Like, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> There's so many days you might as well get, like, three lesser yeah. potions of exorcism. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so dumb. So... At one point, Debbie, who, yes, was a Gladstone children. There's so many names in this, and I didn't make a little tree for myself. But Debbie was feeling so unsafe during these exorcisms um, that she had her 19-year-old boyfriend, Arnie Johnson, mm-hmm. move oh, into the family home. That's right. Johnson yeah. was present at one of the exorcisms. And in an attempt to protect David... Arnie was like, hey, come into my body instead of his. Leave the kid alone. That is not good. Yeah, I feel like maybe inviting a demon into you right. is not a good Well, yeah. especially since, like, I think all the problems are because a demon is, is trying to force its way into a kid. If right. you just kind of go... Let let me allow you. Hey, demon, it's yeah, me, boy. yeah. <laughs> hey, it's me, your new body. Yeah, <laughs> I'm letting go of all will. That's not. Yeah, that seems bad. And Ed Warren wasn't happy with him when no he did shit. this, and like I think kicked him out of the house. Why like, he could have he could have been, but that's so stupid. Oh right, possessed. like no, I'm... they like stuck with him. Okay. Like, okay. they didn't just, like, kick him to the curb they were, they were like, with a demon. <laughs> Get out of here! You and your demon just yeah. go! <laughs> but, like, the shit was shut down. Everything changed. Mm-hmm. And there's a quote from Ed saying, it's just one of those things you never do. Not if you know anything about any of this. Well, like, if you understand demonology, like, I could see Ed trying to take one on mm-hmm. to then take it home and kick it out. Sure. Because he's, like, got just, like, vats of holy water in his basement. Right. Just, just go like, sit in one. Like, a, yeah. <laughs> just, like, like he a got bath. skunked. Yeah. <laughs> it's a vat of tomato juice. Yeah. <laughs> juice and holy water. Just blessed tomato juice. Yeah. It's the blood of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is where things get, like, wonky. Because we've got two different versions of what happened in the following days after he was like, hey, demon, you can take me instead. No yeah. shit. He's going to tell a story in which he was hella yes. possessed. Yeah. <laughs> so there, the TV show A Haunting, Ooh. they did an episode 
on them, okay. on the Glatzels, and then on the murder. Because, like, obviously, demon made me do it. Yeah, yeah. we're going to yeah, do this sure. on a haunting that's, show. That's fascinating. Yeah, but absolutely. then in Ed and Lorraine Warren's book, it's a different version. Oh, okay. So, according to the TV show A Haunting, a few days after Arnie egged the demon on during the exorcism, he was attacked rather viciously by the demon, which then allegedly took control of his car and forced it into a tree. <laughs> But it left Arnie unharmed. Okay. After this incident, he returned to the rental property um, to examine an old well that supposedly housed the demon. Oh, that was its old home before yeah. his home was Arnie? Yeah, it was just chilling. Yeah. Okay. So in both the, like, dramatized version and then of his own, like, personal account, he said that was his final encounter with the demon while he was completely lucid. Mm. So, like, he... Went to the well, he saw the demon at the well, made eye contact with it, and then became possessed. The Warrens have claimed that they told him not to go back to the house, like, to not come back. Mm -hmm. And they had advised against him setting foot back on the property... Because and especially he's... not going to the fucking well. Because he's he given the stand by Stephen. King? <laughs> Probably not. Wasn't there like a part where Flag like possesses the fucking chick in the well? I have no idea. Probably. I wonder if that was inspired by. It. I mean, maybe especially if this is a made-up you know story that he yeah. made up to get but away with murder. This was also yeah. like 1981. <clears throat> Yeah, that's what I'm so saying. So I think King probably took inspiration because yeah. this was I'm wondering if that's what happened. Oh. a media fucking sensation. Depends on when the yeah. stand came out. Yes. Yeah, so Interesting. Like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> After encountering the demon at the well, he became possessed, and the Warrens were like, "You shouldn't have done that." So <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your well, Ed and Lorraine Warren impression? <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> they had a mid Atlantic accent. <laughs> you shouldn't have. Well, they're from Connecticut, yeah, right? So I from guess Connecticut. So yeah. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so. so David wasn't getting better. Remember the 11-year-old boy who was originally possessed? Right. So the... they took, like, one demon out, but that still leaves 42, <gasps> 42 demons. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. I forgot. I totally forgot. So, like, he's Arnie still... only took one yeah. off this kid. <laughs> it was Gary. Yeah. It was Gary. Gary freed... jumped ship. He freed up that pinky toe for the yeah. last demon. So <laughs> David wasn't doing well. And again, this is 1980, so we also don't have a lot in terms of research about medical conditions, mm -hmm. epilepsy, autism, like any of those. I feel like yeah. the 80s really were like, fuck them kids. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Not just the 80s, the 90s as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a Gen Xer yeah. will tell and you. And the 70s and the 60s and the 50s and the 40s <laughs> and the 1840s. Fuck them kids yeah. all the way up through basically today. Yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't doing well. And Debbie, the sister who was dating Arnie, had been living in her mother's home. They were like, no, we got to go. We just mm -hmm. got to go. So we're going to go start somewhere else, move out, separate ourselves from the family. And Debbie got a job as a dog groomer and worked for Alan Bono. She has to express buttholes for a living. Yes. Poor thing. But she loved it. She loved it. I'm sure, like, dog grooming does sound fun, except for the butthole expressing. Yes. 
<laughs> um, but I can say, as a cat owner with a cat that is large, yo, I have wiped more buttholes. Yeah. God in the last man, man. 10 years of my life. Animal groomers are really doing the Lord's work. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. So Arnie and Debbie move out. Mm. And Debbie gets a job and is living near an apartment by her place of employment mm. with Arnie. It's so, crazy they're still together. Yeah. I mean, they went through something massively traumatic. Yeah. It's fair. And she doesn't really understand that he's a possessed man, no. possibly, yet. I, so. Yeah, really quickly, is there any information on, like... I, I, need, I need clarification. I need to know if Gary, who is now that I'm what I'm calling the demon, when he possessed <laughs> Arnie's car that you mentioned a little back, did he, like, physically possess it carry-style, or did No, he, he possessed Arnie... To drive to the drive car. It. To drive the car. Okay, that makes more sense. And, <laughs> and at this point, though, and other... And Debbie is aware... Okay. And I will get okay. into that. Okay. 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 Because, like, so, at this point, is he acting normal? I need you to let Gary pump the brakes. <laughs> I'm sorry. And let me continue. I can't allow Gary to do anything with the brakes. <laughs> um, Gary, take the wheel. <laughs> Gary, take, take the wheel. <laughs> that might be the episode title. <laughs> Gary, take the wheel. Gary, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, we do this every time. We, 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 it's the, the we that is the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell us about Gary. I'm gonna tell you about Arnie and Debbie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they moved in together, and Arnie started to exhibit some odd behaviors that were strikingly similar to David's. It's not good. Which mm-hmm. made Debbie very concerned that he had, in fact, become possessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According to Debbie, Arnie would fall into a trance-like state wherein he would growl and hallucinate, but later have no memory of it. Great. Normal. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Very fun to live with. Just boyfriends. <laughs> Just boyfriend things. <laughs> yes. Now, a throwback. So when David was seeing the future... One thing that he saw that he told Lorraine about was specifically in relation to the act of manslaughter that Arnie was going to later commit. Ooh. And in October of 1980, Hmm. the Warrens contacted the police in the city of Brookfield where Debbie and Arnie had moved to warn them that they had a situation that was possibly becoming dangerous. Okay. So, the cops... We're warned. They didn't take it seriously because, like... I mean, it sounds weird. Hey, yeah. there's a demon that might attack. Yeah. And you're like, I got, like, five muggings. I got a <laughs> Yeah, for real. Like, come on. <laughs> so, several months later, we're into 1981. Artie's being weird. Debbie's just rolling with it. She's doing her job. <laughs> you know, the way a good woman does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really... And Arnie ends up killing his landlord during a party. So Debbie had claimed that Arnie had come into Bono's apartment. So that's Alan Bono Mm -hmm. to repair a stereo for him. But Alan had been drinking red wine and the two got into an argument about payment for the repair. Mm. Um, At that point, she said Arnie was in a trance when he stabbed Bono. I don't know. 
So, according to the reports, in the three months that Debbie and Arnie had lived next to Alan, they had been friends. Um, police, being the police in the 80s, <laughs> yeah. believed that Debbie and Alan were sleeping together because Alan was also her boss. So, okay. they believed there was something else going on there, but there's literally no proof. Because a man and a woman cannot just, like, be Yes, they can't around. have a good working relationship yeah. no. as boss and neighbor. Someone's fucking someone. Yes. God fucking damn it. And that gives him, that gives Arnie motive yeah. as well, which so, wraps up their case right. nicely. So Debbie said, hey, that's not what happened. But they're like, no, this makes sense that they were arguing about her rather than the stereo. And that's why like, Arnie then stabbed No, no, no. You're, you're, like, yeah. you're fucking that no, guy. No, you're fucking that guy. <laughs> I think I but would I'm know. Not. No, 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 no. <laughs> so they went for the jealous lover plot, which is also the story that was shown in the Demon Murder Case movie starring Kevin Bacon in 1983 about this case. Mm. What was the name of the movie? The Demon Murder Case. Oh, that's fun. I thought that was just a big descriptor. No. I didn't realize it was, that was the title. name I'm of the sorry. movie. It's a bad name. I'm so sorry. This occurred February 16th of 1981. Mm-hmm. Arnie had called in sick to his job and had joined Debbie at the kennel where she worked along with her sister, Wanda, and Debbie's nine-year-old cousin, Mary. Okay. So Alan, the landlord, and who was Debbie's boss at the kennel, brought the group lunch um, bought them lunch at a local bar and then started drinking. After lunch, they all returned to the kennel. Debbie took the girls to get pizza, but like her gut told her they needed to come back. Hmm. Like something was wrong. Her uh oh feeling? Yes. Great. When they returned, Alan was drunk at this point and became intoxicated. Everyone left the room with Debbie's urging except for Alan, who tried to grab the nine year old. And wouldn't let her go. So Arnie headed back to the apartment and, like, told Alan to release Mary. Wanda, the sister, recounted the events to the police. Mary ran for the car as Debbie tried to calm the situation down. Wanda tried in vain to pull Arnie away. Arnie started growling like an animal and then Ooh. drew a five-inch pocket knife and stabbed Alan repeatedly. Damn. First okay. Off, big pocket knife. All right. Yeah. Those are, like, illegal in some places. Like, something that big. Alan then died several hours later. Woof. So, according to Arnie's lawyer, Alan had suffered four or five tremendous wounds, mostly to his chest, and one that stretched from the stomach to the base of his heart. Oh, Jesus. And then Arnie, like, fucked off. (laughs) The way you do after you've done a murder. I'm a head out. And he was discovered (laughs) two miles from the site of the killing. And was held on a bail of 125000 which that's big. is probably like half a million in today's money. It's a lot. Yeah. Which and like, this was yeah, the, uh, the first. And I wanted to dig into this, but I didn't have the time. The way they phrased this was concerning. <laughs> this was the first unlawful killing in the history of Brookfield, Connecticut. Okay. What? Uh, are right. we talking about? Oh, okay. So like um, executions don't count. Because those are lawful killings. But is there execution in Connecticut? I don't know. Or are they talking about killing black people? I mean, <laughs> they would call those executions in a lot of cases, even though they're, like, actually lynchings. Yeah. But I think I would guess that maybe at that time there was still the death penalty or they had only recently gotten rid of it. Yeah. Meaning, like, like we, we stopped oh, killing people. Killing. 
in a state-sanctioned way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this was the first murder we've encountered. There's a lot to unpack at that phrase. Like, You're absolutely That's actually right. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So the day after the murder, Lorraine Warren went to the Brookfield police and told them that Arnie had absolutely been possessed by a demon at the time when he committed the crime. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Unsurprisingly, the media picked up on this. Hmm. And it turned into a whole thing, and the Warrens leaned into it. As they do. Yes. And part of the media frenzy was then fueled by the Warrens, who had agents that were promising lectures, a book, movies detailing the gruesome case, like, all of it. Of course. Yeah. Arnie's lawyer received calls from all over the world about the demon murder trial. Um, his lawyer traveled to England to meet with lawyers who'd been involved in two similar cases, um, though neither had ever went to trial. There had been someone in England who had also claimed demonic possession. Oh. So they were trying to get that information. He was trying to bring in exorcism specialists from Europe (laughs) and tried to, uh, subpoena the priests who oversaw David Glatzkill's exorcisms if they didn't cooperate with the defense. Like... (laughs) He was going not. hard. Yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty sure the church is very protective of priests. Uh, well, oh, like, I mean. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Where would you have gotten that idea so from? Crazy. Mainly from, like, murder that. trials of not being subpoenaed if, like, something went wrong with, like, an exorcism. Oh, interesting. But also That's... maybe, like, the moving maybe. priests around after they've, like, molested children instead of just excommunicating them from or, the church. Like, sweeping yeah. a priest under the rug after they were, uh literally doing the thing that could cost them their tax exemption status by advocating politics from oh, the yeah. pulpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really not supposed to do that. spreading this information. Um, I think so, I think most of what the church is doing is protecting its own priests. I oh, think yeah. that's like what they spend the most it's time like on. It's like maybe like 30% God and Jesus. No, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much. That's too much God. So this went to Connecticut Superior Court in Danbury. And began October 28th of 1981, which was, anniversary was yesterday. Oh. Today's the 29th. Oh, yeah. And he tried to plead not guilty by virtue of possession. And the judge said, no. The hell. (laughs) Irrelevant and unscientific. (laughs) And we're not going to allow testimony to try and support it. We just, we can't open that door. So to the instead, law. Yeah. the defense tried to go self-defense. That was the one you should have started with. Right. If I'm yeah. really honest, you should have stuck and with that. Yeah. The jury was legally not allowed to consider demonic possession as a viable explanation for the killing. So they deliberated for 15 hours over three days before convicting Johnson on November 24th of first-degree manslaughter. So then Mm. he was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison, but he only served five. Oh. And while in prison, he was recognized as a model prisoner and earned his high school diploma. Mm. Ed and Lorraine Warren also confirmed that he was no longer demon-possessed. Oh, so (laughs) Gary did just leave. Yeah. Gary got bored (laughs) in prison. Gary was like, eh. I mean, I'm guessing that Gary's That's, probably like this rules uh, yeah. this den of iniquity. I sent somebody to jail of pinky toes. Who, yeah. who here's getting out tomorrow? Yeah. You? you? I'll be on you. Right. I'm, 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 incredible. 
So he was released in 1986. He and Debbie then got married. Mm. Oh, she stood by him. Yes. In a way, like, I really hope that, like, I don't want, the, I don't believe this man was demon possessed necessarily, but I also don't necessarily believe he was a terrible, horrible criminal. Yeah. It's hard to know one way or the other. There was some weird shift. So, yeah. but, hmm. The television film, The Devil, The Demon Murder Case, mm-hmm. was aired on NBC. And the production was stalled due to internal conflicts. Kevin Bacon got possessed by Gary. (laughs) Um, Maybe. Gary was on set. So in 1983, (laughs) Gerald Brittle worked with Lorraine Warren and published a book about the incident called The Devil in Connecticut. Mm. And Lorraine stated that the profits from the book were shared with the family. Were they? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Shared is fine, I guess. When the book was republished in 2006, mm. David and Carl Glatzel sued the authors <gasps> and the book publishers for violating their right to privacy, privacy, libel, intentional infliction of emotional distress. And Carl also claimed that the book alleged, alleged that he committed criminal and abusive acts against his family and oh, others. Shit. Oh, shit. Oh. And he said that the possession story was a hoax concocted by Ed and Lorraine Warren to exploit the family and his brother's mental illness. And that the book painted him as a villain because he didn't believe in supernatural claims. Oh, wow. He asserted, yeah, that the Warrens told him the story would make the family millionaires and would help get Arnie out of jail. Mm -hmm. And according to Carl, the publicity generated by the incident forced him to drop out of school and lose friends and business opportunities. That's sad. That makes sense. That sucks, though. So in 2007, he began writing his own book. Ooh. titled Alone Through the Valley, about his version of the events surrounding his brother. Sick name. Ooh, that's a good name. Yeah, yeah, poetic. And Lorraine defended her work with the family, claiming that the six priests who were involved in the incident also agreed at the time that David was possessed and that the supernatural events described were real. Interesting. Um, the co-author of Brittle, who uh, was the co-author of The Devil in Connecticut, says he wrote the book because the family wanted the story told and that he has video of over a hundred hours of his interviews with the family and that they had signed off on the book as accurate before it went to print. Hmm. Okay. That's two sides of that story for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Carl Glatzel senior, who is the father of the family denies telling the author that his son was possessed And Arnie and Debbie are on the other side of it and support the Warrens' account of the demonic possession because they have to. Mm -hmm. It was his whole criminal defense, even though they didn't use it. But, like, it's still out there. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, they're the only ones who have something to gain by claiming that. And they're saying that Debbie's family is suing for monetary purposes. Interesting. That, like, they're not getting enough money from it. From the book. So they're suing to make more money this dr- mm. it's it's the icky. drama's not done it's really icky <sighs> okay gross ghost adventures oh the, Zach the, t- the tv show mm-hmm. hell yeah yeah um is that the one that everybody kind of parodies because yes. it's so over the top. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Zach Baggins. <laughs> Our bro Zach Baggins. Our bro Zach Baggins. With his thick framed glasses. Bilbo's cousin. <laughs> Zach. Still, like, Bilbo's douchey cousin. Tips. <laughs> yeah. Ew, does he still have that? No. 
Okay. He, in his soul, I feel like he's he still alive. spikes them. <laughs> Gross. But he opened a haunted museum in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Of course. And he exemplifies what I hate about the paranormal community. Because it's all monetization. Of it's this all stuff. monetization, and it's all getting people to buy into things and to believe it. And if you need help from him then you fill this out on the website and then you have to become a believer and like Mm. we want you to spread the word and like talk to your friends and then it's like well you need to tell five other friends and it's just very much like oh (laughs) this is where the mlm part yeah this is the pyramid scheme part so it's part of those as well because it's dangerous if you do believe because he does tours and i watched one of his lockdown videos that he did in his haunted museum just so I could see the insects. Like, I'm never fucking going there. Are you kidding me? I would never set foot in a fucking haunted I would. museum. Yeah, I would. I would. Are I wouldn't even hesitate. Kidding me. Everything in there is supposedly like haunted or connected well, to a haunting. I've got stuff the like. Fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give him money, but I'd go. Yeah. Right, and that's the thing. Is like you would absolutely be giving him money. That's and he's got stuff part. from serial killers. Ugh. He's got stuff from Manson, Dahmer. He's oh, got gross. stuff from the Doctor of Death. That's gross. He that has got nasty. the van that he used to kill people in. So, it's incredible incredible to me with ghost adventures because they have the original ghost adventure series but then they start doing house calls which he's not qualified to do mm. and then they start he gets a museum so then he starts shooting in the museum and then he starts buying haunted houses and he starts like and then they've got an offshoot of that and then like it just he's like, making what? money to like to make more content yes. to make more money to make more yes. content like that's kind of creepy and he and needs weird. more and more people to buy in and then come to his museum and he spent $67,000 to get the devil's rocking chair. He's got that much money. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's if he's buying money. haunted houses. I hate that a lot. Yeah, he's literally corporatizing the idea yes. of hauntings, and that's really weird. That's yes. really weird. <laughs> that's sp- that's so, spooky like, in the wrong the way. the spookiest thing in the world is capitalism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this man gets that. <laughs> So and you, and the the tie-in is really Ed and Lorraine Warren were t- the same type of shit, right? Is that, I, but that's a conversation. For they time. didn't monetize it in the same way that Zach Baggins does. This he's taking it to another level. Yes. But the reason why they're icky is because they made money. Well, here's the thing: 2010s were notorious for uncovering dirt and taking some of that romanticized gloss mm. off of everybody's eyes, mm-hmm. and. Uh, like a few weeks before the first Conjuring came out, mm-hmm. studio execs were made aware of allegations that in the early 1960s, Ed Warren had initiated a relationship with an underage girl <gasps> with Lorraine's knowledge. Oh, no. Oh, boy. So that's shitty as hell. Yikos. Yeah. So apparently... Judith Penny, who in the 2010s had been in her 70s at that point, said in a sworn declaration that she had lived in the Warrens' house as Ed's lover for four decades. What? And it is unclear whether Warner Brothers actually took any action in response to the allegations. I mean, they released three movies after... Yeah, they kept it going and they kept it quiet. And And, uh, (laughs) Warner Bros. declined to comment. Ed had died in 2006. He wasn't alive anymore to 
argue it. They were saying it's a personal vendetta. Lorraine didn't address it. What does this woman have to really gain by coming out and saying that? Right. Four decades is very specific. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, well, and if it's if it's like, a lie, what what was the point? Yeah. Well, Why? and like she was saying that Ed was in his mid thirties when he met her when she was fifteen. Ha! Gross. And so gross. he was still nope. a city bus driver because he wasn't making enough money as a demonologist yet to pay the bills. There weren't just there weren't enough demons paying the money, and he was a very charming man. They'd have to be Ed yeah. and Lorraine have to be incredibly yes. charming people. Yeah, yeah. and they, they started a quote yeah. amorous relationship. Don't like that. That's a very old timey way of putting it. it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> and that eventually, like, they say when she was eighteen, she moved in. That's but in, the, so in 1963, weird. she was a teenager who moved in with a married man. Yeah, she wasn't 18. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, even no if she was way. like, I don't care, still weird. <laughs> like, there's a whole article on The Hollywood Reporter about it. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. But in May of 1978, in her 30s, um, Penny apparently became pregnant with Ed's child. Lorraine, honey, Lorraine, what was happening in the Lorraine house? Lorraine persuaded her to have an abortion. Because the birth of a child was going to become public and scandal could ruin their Bro. business. Bro. And even though Lorraine was a devout Catholic, Penny stated that Lorraine's, quote, real God was money. Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah, that like, Quote, <laughs> they wanted me to tell everyone that someone had come into my apartment and assaulted me and I wouldn't do that. I was so scared I didn't know what to do, but I had an abortion. The night they picked me up from the hospital after having it, they went out and lectured and left me alone. Oh my fucking god. That sucks. And then claims started coming out that Ed was sometimes abusive to Lorraine and that Penny had witnessed Lorraine being backhanded. Mm. Oh shit. Yeah. So that's and a like fun time. regular husband shit from that time period. Honestly, yeah. 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 Some pretty like, normal stuff. As surprising. Mm -hmm. Um Penny said some nights I uh, thought they were going to kill each other. And that Penny had apparently helped Ed maintain his reputation as a ghost hunter. He had claimed to capture, have captured the white lady, which was a ghost in mm. Union Cemetery in Easton, Connecticut, on tape. In the summer of 1990, after camping out in a graveyard, um, Penny claims that Ed had wanted to make that video to show what the white lady would look like if she were spotted. So she took a page from every grade schooler's Halloween playbook and donned a white sheet for the filming. So that was her. Okay. And he was like, I just want to see like what it yeah, would be like. Yeah, I just want to like. see what this is going to look like. And then and, he like, sold the it. And then he sold it as. Interesting. Yeah. They're hucksters. Yeah. Like this, this should be the nail in the coffin. We all kind of thought they might be hucksters. Yeah. And then this woman comes out and Here's says for sure group. they are. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people are like, well, Penny was just being manipulated. We don't know how much of this is true. It's true. We don't. And but we don't know how much of any of this like, is true. it's just like a lot. Yeah. Yep. There were also just a lot of other things that came out and extramarital relationships and things. And it's just 15. And like, if you got an open marriage in old times, I get it. it the penny's too young. That's terrible. Yes. If you have an open marriage, I don't give a shit. But like, we're talking about abuse. We're talking about yeah. like forcing a young woman to have an abortion. Yeah, yeah. We're like, it, this is way worse. Mm. That's the big thing. Mm. of just take everything that's based on people with like real people with a grain of salt especially if they are making money yes yep 
off of it in some way like just look at it real close think about it for five seconds like just think about the amount of money you're putting in someone else's pocket and what their actual motives are yeah that was thank you so thanks for coming to my ted talk absolutely loved your ted talk glad it was uh glad it was about mlms but only a little bit (laughs) ghost mlms glms shall we take a break we'll come back we'll do another spooky story yeah What's uh what's your spooky harp noise for us? <laughs> That's so good. I got this. I got and we're back. We definitely didn't take like almost half an hour to just talk about shit. <laughs> And refill our drinks. I had to take a wicked piss. So did I. A wicked pisser. Sorry, wicked pisser. <laughs> I had to free a bug. You did. You did. We That's we did true. a lot of important shit just now. Um, I'm about to, I realize, bring up my story because it wasn't up before. It Damn. wasn't. I had to shut my computer off. Shut up. You're fucking professional. I was so ready and I was professional. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then my trackpad wasn't working. Um, okay. All right. Are you ready? Is it spooky? Regale me. I mean, spin me a yarn. I'm I a hope great so. Traveler. Yeah, I hope this is spooky enough for you guys. Um, Honestly, I think we discovered from Emily's last story that like nothing will be as spooky as late stage capitalism. Absolutely but true. So true. I think you could give it a shot. I do want to do a disclaimer. Um, I was only able to find two sources for this story. And one of them is speculative fiction. It's literally like based on, it's based on the story, but a lot of what happens in the thing that I read is speculative. Okay. So um, I don't take that into account in this story basically at all. Um, however, the other, the other source is a reputable podcast called Crime Show. It's from G- Gimlet Media. They have real interviews with real people who are involved. So this story is true. Okay. I just don't have a shitload of really good details, but this is a true story. So, March 1981, so we are in very similar wow. time periods. Everybody's got mullets. Yes. My murder was February of 1981. Damn, Holy literally shit. one month. I mean, like, this is not when the incidents occur necessarily, but it is when George and Esperanza Borofsky mm. purchase a house... Um, well, they don't purchase it. They, they start renting it, I should say, um, on 6304 Barrel Road in Alexandria, Virginia. So also mid-Atlantic yes. area. Oh, yes. Oh, Alexandria. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's West Virginia, unfortunately. I, um, yo, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Mothman, unfortunately, not a part of the story. I would have, I would have loved that. Yeah. Um, oh. Alexandria, Virginia is basically a suburb of Washington, D.C., Um, you could take a wrong turn and be in Alexandria. So, these guys, George and Esperanza, they're newly married. Good for them. Congratulations. I know. Esperanza is, uh, 25, and she goes by Epi, so I will be calling her Epi from now on. That's cute. It's really cute. adorable. George is 29. Again, newly married. They've just moved. Um, and even though this is the 80s, this is a suburb of Washington, D.C. So, like, to afford this house, they need an extra income. So, they also have a roommate. Okay. Um, I'm going to call him Bruce because the story that is speculative fiction calls him Bruce, but it also says that's not his real name. Okay. I don't think that the roommates of these people use their real names generally. It is very difficult to find any information on them. It's, what it's happened to Bruce? Bruce? Don't worry. Yeah, I'm fucking... 
Bruce I mean, is not, I will say, Bruce is not a horrible murderer, um, and he doesn't get horribly murdered. Good. Like, that's, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, he is, however, a friend of George's, and that he's just there because there's, like, three bedrooms in this house. It's a nice house. There's definitely room enough for another yeah. person, and they mm-hmm. need the extra income. Yeah. So, at first, things start off really small. Almost unnoticeable. Their recently unpacked dishes and Epi's knickknacks, like, just sort of break been there yeah i mean like you ever just wash a dish and it breaks in your goddamn hands all the time and then you yeah, fucking panic from it yeah <laughs> or you don't panic and then your roommate panics because you right. ask them to bring you a towel very calmly <laughs> and you're bleeding yeah sometimes that happens <laughs> or sometimes <laughs> a thing is just in the sink and you come upon it broken yeah always glasses yeah yeah this was happening to to glasses certainly um but also other things plates mm. bowls things were just breaking sort of at a rate you would find a little odd like everybody's not that clumsy mm-hmm. um they couldn't really find a cause um so they are like another thing that's happening is that there are smoke alarms that would just go off for seemingly no reason oh, no, no, thank you. Okay. i will say yes it is spooky but we i've lived in houses like that yeah there's actually a version of a smoke alarm that will mistake water vapor for smoke. It's the older version that sucks and everyone should not use those because <laughs> they're annoying as hell. Um, but they just had that issue. Fire alarms going off at random times with seemingly nothing to make them go off. The thing is that it keeps happening. Eventually more dishes are broken than they can comfortably claim on everyone being clumsy. Right. Um, a window pane in the house cracks. For seemingly no reason. A collection of antique items of Epi's crashes to the kitchen floor when no one is in the room. And there were sounds. Like loud banging that no one could attribute to anything. Especially in the night. I mean, obviously you can say it's an old house. Things creak. Stuff happens. Pipes and shit. Yeah, but you can't blame every single sound you hear in an old house on the house settling. Because if that is actual truth... You gotta get out of that house. Your house is fucked. (laughs) You have to fucking leave. Yeah, you should call somebody. Your foundation's crumbling. Um, Call the Warrens. Right. Epi and George are not exactly skeptics. Um, There's there's too much going on that they can't explain. So only a few months of after only a few months of living on the property, they call the Paranormal Institute at Duke University because they used to have a paranormal institute. That's sick (laughs) as hell. Hell yeah. Well, this is the Cold War. Um, so parapsychology especially was a thing because mm-hmm. we believed that the Russians Reducing might be making psychic child soldiers. Yes, yeah, we've exactly. all seen Stranger Things. Exactly, <laughs> we've all seen Stranger Things and also the MCU. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but this was like real shit. So we had our own universities studying parapsychology just to see, just, just to in see. Case. Yeah. So they get a hold of a man named Jim McLennan. And Jim, uh, for my fellow skeptics, he has the following credentials. He has a PhD. He has a master's in sociology. Um, He is a retired sociology professor, and he worked eight years at the Virginia Beach Psychiatric Center. So he's like a real sociologist and psychologist who also has a very long career as a parapsychologist. Hmm, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So he, he, like many young scientists, he's interested in paranormal research. And he decides, like, oh, this is a good opportunity for me to be a field scientist. I'm going to study this house and these people um, and just see what's going on. Does it seem like it's paranormal? Does it seem like it's psychological? Sure. D- d- yeah. What, what's mm-hmm. happening here? He calls himself an early ghostbuster. I love 
<laughs> yeah, super, super fun. For the next few months, Jim speaks to the Barofskis weekly, uh, and he documents any new occurrences they noticed. So they always come to him with a new story. Some shit broke. Some shit sounded weird. Something strange happened. In Right. And because... <laughs> and because he's a scientist, he writes it down. They tell him incidents such as this. The Borofskis held a dinner party, uh, which included balloons for whatever reason. As everyone is sitting down to dinner in the kitchen, the balloons start popping one by one no. by one. No, as everyone is sitting that. down. Yeah. That is unacceptable. Yeah, though. that to me, that's it. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> that's, that's me out of the house. Hundred percent. Actually, yeah, I'm breaking my lease. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? No, I'm yeah. out. Safety deposit. One balloon popping by itself, fine. Any more than that in a string of incidents? Like, absolutely not. No, absolutely well, not. Last straw. That's last straw material. Yeah, bye-bye, bye-bye. with a knife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, what is that ghost fucking doing? Even, like, a sharp pin? Absolutely mm. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am not. I don't want to get poked in the night. for that. Like, Fuck ghost that. poke? Absolutely not. No. no, thank you. No, 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 no. So, and then one night, Epi has a dream. She walked through the house by herself and encountered a woman who has sat at a kitchen table. Oh, God. The woman mocked Epi, telling her that while she was away at work, the woman was here in her home with her husband, George. And at first, Epi didn't really take this dream very seriously. Sure. It was just an odd occurrence. It's Fair. just a dream. People dream shit. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, there was a lot in the, in the 80s and 90s about women working and, like, it wasn't fully it, accepted yeah. yet if you were married. Fair. Right. It's like, you're supposed to be home for your husband. Yeah. And while you're not home, I'm fucking your husband. <laughs> like, yeah. being the, the idea. Yeah. yeah. I can totally see that being just a regular fear. Sometimes right. stress dream. Yeah. yeah. But then, a neighbor approaches one of the roommates. Possibly it's Bruce, but there were more roommates after Bruce, and it's kind of hard to tell on the timeline who was where when. Post Bruce, possibly. Possibly. Um, so this neighbor... <laughs> this neighbor approaches somebody... Um, who lives in the house at the time. And they ask, are you guys aware of the house's history? Because I am. Yeah, I'm the nosy neighbor. (laughs) So this neighbor says that a woman named Mary Conlon had died in the house in 1972. So a decade prior. And they said that she had died by suicide. She tied a rope to one of the wood beams in the basement and hung herself. Now, the basement uh, of the house did not cover the whole footprint of the house built over the top of it. It really only was about the size of one room. And that room was directly below the kitchen. Oh, oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, the kitchen, if you'll recall, is where, like, all of the glasses are breaking. And, yeah, and where all of the knickknacks are falling off of shit. The kitchen is where they've seen most of the activity. The balloons popped in there as well. I just got shivers. Yeah, I know. So, this roommate tells everybody else in the house hey there's a woman apparently she died in this home um unfortunately there isn't more that i could really find about mary conlin outside of like these neighborhood rumors of her death Ooh, spooky shit Mm -hmm. um it is said that the chief firefighter for that area of alexandria remembers being one of the first responders to the scene after her body was found he would also be on the scene the second time firefighters were called to 6304 Barrel Road, just over a decade later. But we will get to that in a minute. 
Taylor. <laughs> I, I knew it. Sometimes I write shit down and I just go, Emily's going to go, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> it's been still maybe yeah, just been. just under a year um, for the Borofskis. As soon like from when they moved in to now, it's been about nine months since uh, they called Jim McLennan and he started investigating their house. And uh, the activity is felt held fairly steady, two to three incidents per month. But the new information that they learned about Mary Conlin, like with that info, the Borofskis have started attributing the activity the to, to the Mary. Neighbor, like, they just they the just start believing like, well, okay, this is this is her. Weird Why wouldn't it be? She's I mean, a spirit with unfinished business. Hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. He might it might as well have been an old man who talks in like a weird accent for the area. One clouded eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Come in, yeah, telling them a, a spooky story. It's, all, it's the recipe, man. It's Absolutely. This is a scary yes. story recipe. Yeah. For sure, there should be a movie. Well, right. mm-hmm. So, yeah. Epi also was four. convinced yeah. that the woman she had seen in her dream, that's Mary. Yeah. It's gotta be Mary. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fair. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a fair conclusion to yeah. go to. Yeah. I, two does equal four. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, that's... If you're putting all of this together, why not? Mm-hmm. So somewhere in this time, Bruce does move out of the house and a woman moves in. Um, also, they don't use her real name, so it doesn't really matter. Um, this woman quickly reported seeing an image of a ghostly woman outside her window on two occasions. This is also attributed to Mary. So basically, this, I mean, this woman also is in the house for like two months. <laughs> She's 100% a believer. Bruce um, may have been more of a skeptic. He stuck around for a while, moved out for other reasons. Mm-hmm. This woman was like, I have to go. There's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and she dips fairly early. Been there. <laughs> yeah. But like, so they're pretty sure with all this stuff, it all kind of leads to this one Mary woman. Yeah. So Jim, being a parapsychologist and researcher, he remains skeptical that anything is truly happening in the house. He's trying to prove it as well as he can using as scientific a methods as he is allowed um, because that's his job. Mm-hmm. And he also doesn't really see anything wrong with Epi and George or their marriage because a lot of the time, even he says this, like when people think that there's a haunting, there may be a need for therapy. <laughs> they might just have something going on in their lives not even that they have a mental illness there's just something going on mm-hmm. that they are attributing to like these these strange situations they're attributing the, those situations to whatever is actually going on in oh, their Oh like something high stress Yeah like... well and there's also like a school of parapsychology that digs into PK manifestations of where you do need to go to therapy and you need to work through this and you need to get better coping mechanisms. Because it's your own emotions. It's your own Mm. emotions manifesting Mm -hmm. and interacting with the electromagnetic fields around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he he is looking at them for emotional disturbances. He's looking at their marriage for how how is that going? Are they... Mm -hmm. Are they causing issues for each other in some way? And it doesn't really seem like it. They're a normal young couple, happily married. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing's feeding off of their negative right. emotion or anything. Right. Yeah. They don't seem to have a lot of that. They're just they're just normal people trying to make their way in the world. Yeah. And they're not even eccentric or, or sort of strange people who, who you would think would believe in this stuff. They just seem too much to not believe it anymore. Yeah. Their nighttime routine doesn't include a, a 
regular seance with the Ouija board <laughs> right. their faces. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're not really calling upon some shit. Yeah. Um, so by this point, he's also been to their home many times. And personally, he has seen nothing. Like, mm. he stayed there, he's, he's watched, he's waited, and... He has not had one experience, which is disappointing to him, honestly. Like, he was hoping to have an experience. Um, The Borowskis simply believe that Mary just doesn't want to be studied. And she knows when he's there. Fair. So she just doesn't do shit when he's there. Yeah. So that's their explanation. For him, trying to be a scientist about it, he's like, well, if I can't observe it, then is it true? Right. Um, But he decides... For, for their peace of mind and possibly for his own experience, uh, he he says, let's have a seance party. No. I'm going to come over. No. We're going to, have, we're going to yeah. do, and it's informal, obviously. He doesn't really have the training. But, like, it's informal, and he just says, we are going to help her- Mary move on. We're just Hell going yeah. to come oh, together and try to help her move on. Oh, Fuck God. yeah. Fuck okay. yeah. Yeah. This so, is going to go horribly wrong. I'm, I'm so ready. Now. No, <laughs> at, the thing is, I mean, they're all young enough that they still party. So this party is a party. It's actually yeah. a party. They drink a bunch of wine. They smoke some weed. And then eventually they sit down to just really like nothing crazy. Hold hands and think about sending Mary to the other side. Send, like giving her a send off, like picturing sort of the the door of light that she should pass through and trying to encourage her. Manifesting. Yeah. Really yeah. just, just, and then speaking out loud to her and sort of saying, Mary, you know, it's okay for you to pass on now. Um, and nothing happens. I know I wish that that was more exciting, but nothing happens at the seance. And then the table moves. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, or, oh, they saw Mary, like, literally pass by them. No. Mary was like, peace. End of story. <laughs> right. None of that happens. And Jim, I mean, again, a little disappointed for his own sake, doesn't get to have a cool experience with a ghost, but um, he just hopes that at the very least that brought some some help to the people living in the home. Um, and after this, it is it does seem like things calm down. George and Epi feel that they have done what they can to help Mary, or at least something, mm-hmm. and the incidents stop happening. When nothing happens for a couple of months, Epi tells Jim that his services are no longer needed. And so he decides to move on to another case. He actually comes up to Wisconsin, funnily enough. Yeah. And he falls out of contact with the Brofskis. Kind of sad because he was actually kind of friendly with them. Like, they chilled and hung out. Um, But he just, you know, moves on to other things. A few months later, the couple is now living with two roommates. Both of them are men, and they both brought dogs. So there's two dogs... There's four people. Fuck yeah. And then they found a litter of kittens and they adopted all the kittens. Fuck yeah. 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 So there's just a house full of animals and noise. And these two men are like kind of of the party set. And so this is a party house now. That's Good. that's what we're doing Good. is we're partying. We're young <laughs> and we're getting it done. And it's like the 80s. So like yes. it, fucking everything. There's a lot of coke. A lot of coke. <laughs> I'm making a lot that of up. Yeah. Special K. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a good time. There's no children here. Yeah. It's all it's all animals and youngins. We love it. Um so basically I mean at this point by, like by the time those two new roommates move in Nothing really is happening. Mary has remained very quiet in the house. They do wonder if perhaps she has moved on. They're not sure. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling they're going to find out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. Something um, tells me. The Borofskis, I mean, they were truly never afraid of Mary to begin with. Like, they just kind of thought she was being mischievous. Yeah, it's not like it's not like anybody like woke up and like the ghost of Mary appeared before them and was like, oh, I'm going to right. kill There's you. no get out written on the bathroom mirror after yeah. you're done with your shower. And yeah. Some shit. yeah. Like it's it's not no hostile. Pushing them downstairs. Exactly. Yeah. No weird marks. Yeah. Yeah. Like so they never really felt like she was there to hurt them, but by this point like even the mischievous stuff feels like a memory. She's she's not doing that stuff anymore. She may not even be there. At this point, it's around Halloween, and they are approached by a reporter named Rose Donovan in October of uh, 1982. And this reporter wants to do a puff piece on, like, haunted houses in the area, and this house has a reputation for being haunted because yeah. Mary died here. Yeah. Um, and they really think nothing of it. The piece is published for Halloween in one of the area newspapers, and in it, Epi says of Mary, I feel kind of protected by her. She likes us just as much as we like her. If she didn't like us, she could easily have scared us out. Absolutely. That's probably true. I mean, she seems like a powerful enough apparition. She can move and if, break shit. So, yeah. like, all right. Yeah, if this is indeed Mary, like, I feel like, yeah, she could have probably done some scary shit by now. Yeah. Now, at some point in the ensuing weeks, the activity in the house began to ramp up again. Uh-oh. Broken dishes, strange noises, the same kind of thing that they'd been seeing before with one addition. On three separate occasions, the Borofskis and their roommates witnessed smoke rising up from the drain in their kitchen sink. Okay. It set the fire alarms off. And eventually, George disconnected them because they were a nuisance. Like, they were just always going off. And they could never find a satisfactory reason for the smoke. Like, there's not supposed to be smoke coming from your kitchen kitchen sink yeah. where the water goes <laughs> also like mary hung herself so it's not like you know like oh she died in a tragic fire so one evening after seeing the smoke the three separate times epi george and their two roommates they go out for the evening they're out to party just maybe going to a bar having a few drinks they arrive home around 3 a.m they are a bit tipsy they take care of their various animals and then they all lay down for bed Less than an hour later, a fire started on the first floor of the house. Ooh, uh-oh. Both roommates, whose bedrooms are on the first floor, noticed the smoke first, only after the fire had grown big enough to cause smoke to pour in through their bedroom doors. Remember, there are no fire alarms. Yeah, I was about to say, so they, no like, dismantled awo- that shit. Yeah, no one is awoken by a fire, fire alarm. They each separately escape through their bedroom windows, and they watch from the sidewalk as the house is quickly engulfed in flames. Where's fucking Epi and Co? Epi and George, their bedroom is upstairs. And when they are awoken by like a smoky haze in their room and the sound of the the fire below, um, it's the fire has gotten a lot further. Um, it's it's gotten a lot bigger and it's engulfed much more of the house than when the other two roommates noticed it. Yeah, Epi, yeah. Epi calls nine one one. There is evidence of her being on the phone with 911 and they they send out the fire department and the police immediately um george rushes downstairs this is sad it is believed that he intended to gather up the kittens um and get them out of the house unfortunately neither epi nor george make it out george Whoa. and they yeah they uh, george and epi borofsky died in this fire they much of the house burned to ash 
uh, but their bodies were still identifiable. George had collapsed in the living room just a few feet from the front door. And oh, Epi, shit. yeah. He almost made it. He almost fucking made it. And Epi had died of asphyxiation while still in the upstairs bedroom. She was a short woman, and the windows in the bedroom were too high for her to reach. <gasps> oh, fuck. Yeah. The, well, you should always have a fire escape plan. Yes, absolutely. And I understand. more than one. And don't disable. Don't disable your smoke alarms. alarms. No matter how annoying it they, fucking gets. I totally get it, too. We literally have smoke alarms that go off when I am doing nothing. Like, <laughs> when I'm showering because yep. they think water vapor is smoke. Like, it is annoying. where the reset buttons yeah. are. Yep. You got to press those buttons. If you need to take it off because you're cooking something, put it right back on when you're yep. done. <laughs> like, yeah, we can't be messing around with this. So the most interesting part of this to me is that so the firefighters and other responders are called to investigate the fire. They could not find a cause. What? Possibly electrical in origin, which is all all fires that they don't really know what happened. They're like, yeah, they're is it electrical? They always blame electrical. Uh -huh. Sparky wires. <laughs> nothing really could be determined. There is no obvious culprit. There's no pan left on the stove. There's nothing. Um, they like the people in the house were smokers, but you know that's very hard to find in a real blazing fire. Hard to find the butt of a cigarette that would have started everything. Yeah. You know, hard like, but also it's possible. The 80s. Yeah, yeah. People Everyone be out here. In the people 80s. be out yeah. here smoking. Everybody be um, smoking. There's no obvious culprit, but when tracing the origin of the fire through what was left in the of the house, they came to the conclusion that the fire had started in or around the kitchen sink. Which yo, what? <laughs> yo, dude. Do you think Mary was trying to warn them, or do you think she fucking did it? Question. So, Good question. Do a, a, a wild story about that, but yeah, keep going. Hell yeah, we'll get we'll get to it. Yeah. So, Rose Donovan is the writer of that puff piece about haunted houses for the mm -hmm. Halloween prior to this fire. Mm -hmm. She, um, a large part of the Gimlet Media episode. Um, on crime show about this is about her because she remembered that couple she talked to them for this puff piece and then like a few months later she hears that they died in a fire in that haunted house yeah um she would later see the news of the fire in the paper she went to go see the house saw that there was almost nothing left she ends up writing a second story that she has to fight with her editors to allow her to print but she she writes a second story called death in the haunted house Fatal fire raises ghostly questions. Ooh, this that's is like a good it headline. Is. It's a good headline. Um, this is one of the only times when a an incident that resulted in a murder was actually attributed to a ghost. <laughs> like there's Ooh. not another theory for this. There's a ghost did it. <laughs> like, yeah. There were multiple like I couldn't I couldn't open it because I'm not I'm not like a part of a university or whatever, but there is a Washington Post article <laughs> about this fucking story and how people think it was a goddamned ghost. Um I mean that has been a working theory for a long time. That the ghost be out here doing give that. A ghost enough time and enough energy mm -hmm. and power. Eventually and it has malicious intent. Yeah. Yeah. If you give a mouse a cookie, if you give a ghost some juice, yeah, like, <laughs> eventually they'll burn yeah, your house they'll down. They'll fuck you up. Like especially we, if you give a PK manifestation enough juice that it turns into a full right? poltergeist. That's crazy. It could fuck your shit up. Like we'll never know what truly happened in the house. 
I mean, right. Like, mm, our survival. You have it's to true. go back in time right now. Chain. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go break into the the home. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously, whatever home that is, is a rebuilt one on the same property. Right. Because there's nothing left of this this original home on 6304 Barrel Road. Um, our survivors were the roommates, obviously. The roommates of the Borowskis, whose names I do not know. People who did not, either didn't speak to the press or did not use their real names, just really didn't come up that yeah. much. Other than saying, yeah, I jumped out the window. Um. They, they only know what happened in their own bedrooms. They have no idea how the yeah. fire started. They will never be able to tell us. Um, oh, he almost fucking made it, bro. I know. We What we do know is that multiple people, not just the Borofskis, multiple roommates witnessed strange phenomena inside the house, including activity that hints at a fire. Like yeah. smoke coming up from the kitchen sink, the smoke alarms going off. It all leads up to a fire. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> Um, we know that the origin of the fire is, like, where all of the activity was, and it's directly above where a woman hung herself. That's, those are the things that we know. That's it. Spooky. Yeah. It is, unfortunately, like, it's a real tragedy that these two young people who were just trying to, like, start their lives, basically, died. Yeah, they didn't even do anything particularly malicious. No. They just hung out. They were just cool party yeah. people. Like, they were just they hanging were just chilling out. chilling in Virginia. They rescued yeah. kittens and shit. Like, they were Yeah, nice. they rescued kittens and shit. <laughs> yeah. A happy married couple. Like, and they, they died in something that we may never truly understand. And that is my, that is my story. Emily, what is the story that reminded you of this? Because I feel like I have told this on this podcast before, but I feel like it was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So people might not remember, but my mom lived in a haunted house in California Mm -hmm. with my brother when he was young. Mm -hmm. And the ghost really liked my brother and like used to like hang out on his ceiling. I hate that. Yeah. That's normal. That's some hereditary shit. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Collette is like up there. <laughs> I hate that. But she had been in the kitchen and my brother was like young and my brother's father was in Vietnam. So like he was gone. Mm-hmm. And she remembers looking out the window and seeing smoke coming out of the garage and went into the garage nothing was on fire so she had just seen this called anyways Mm -hmm. because like she saw the smoke she was so convinced like something was happening yeah the water heater was going to explode oh shit but it hadn't nothing was on fire whoa so her understanding was that the ghost was warning her Oh, wow. Because the ghost liked oh. my brother. Oh, interesting. And it was all fine and dandy until the smell of the house, like the house had a very distinct smell, like this ghost had a very distinct smell, mm-hmm. started following them out and about. Mm. So like it was attaching itself to my brother. As opposed to the home. Rather than the house. Yeah. At which point they moved. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Before that. it could completely do that. But yeah, there was like other shit that went down. Interesting. But yeah, that was just like when the smoke, it was like, oh shit. Yeah. I have someone that I trust who also witnessed something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's not far-fetched. Yeah. I think that could have been her warning to them of like, you yeah. need to get out. I or think I like, don't like yeah. something that you are doing. The, the, the podcast and the speculative fiction, they, they do not 
paint Mary or the whatever presence it is as something doing the warning. It, it they paint it as something that has caused this. Yeah. So that's actually super interesting to think that yeah, I'm Mary is if warning it was just them. Like, this is gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Y'all. There's going to be a fire and you need to look out and it's gonna start right here. Yeah. Don't do anything that could start a fire right here. And honestly, if they had even like maybe there was an electrical thing going yeah. on with the house yeah. and only Mary would have been aware as it as a non physical being. Yeah. But maybe That's they threw like maybe like, they threw cigarette butts down the maybe. drain and like they caught like the fire of like food or something that's in the drain. Out, yeah. Food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like there's no from what you said there's like no like oh Mary is a spooky. They girl. never so like, oh, thought Mary's breaking shit again. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Mary was a friend. Like they liked her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like we don't know why Mary would have committed suicide. We don't. We don't know if she would yeah. have been angry, but she didn't mm-hmm. seem like it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think that is a really interesting point. I trust the people that, living like, in the house to suss out what's fucked up and what's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Check the vibes of the house. Yeah. yeah. It's also just like, tra- like the way they talk about it, it's almost like people don't really understand how those two did not make it out. Yeah. The, the, especially the roommates are like, I know that they were up on another floor, but like, they're like that we we got out just fine like they could have i feel yeah. like if they like, just run if they just run like immediately they could have other people yeah. like yeah it was weird to them that like those two were so trapped whereas the other two were so not yeah as if the fire was only for it might the have been yeah and you never know there could have been something else yeah, maybe Mary was like, you want to hang out with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep you here, actually. Yeah. That's why I'm like, is the is the new house full is of the new house haunted as shit? three ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> we got three basement? ghosts up in there? How's maybe the ghosts of some kittens? Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the saddest part to me, honestly. Yeah. Tra- yeah. Tragedy, truly. I think the dogs were okay. Um, but yeah, so. Dude. Uh, I've been holding on to that for almost a year, by the way. That's oh, been in my notes app. I've been holding on to mine for about six months. I've been holding on to a fart. Well, let it out. I know that's not. Just let like it out for the pod. I just wanted to let everyone know I was holding something. Out. I don't know. On that, be included. No. Shall we? <laughs> I think normally we do a be like, but for this one, I don't think you should be like. I mean, you can be like the roommates whose names we don't know and get the fuck out yeah. when there's a yeah. fire. Could be like Carl Jr. Don't be like Zach Baggins. No, don't, don't be like Zach Baggins. Do not be like Zach Baggins. Don't, don't be, be like, like Ed and Lorraine Baggins Warren. Fucking... Don't dress your child up as Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> don't dress your child up, and it cannot stress this enough, as Jeffrey Dahmer. It's <laughs> not a good. It's a bad look. Role model for your child. Maybe like Ugh. I don't know Abe Lincoln. That's a safer one. No, you know, dress them up as like. Jojo Siwa probably. Even if you do like like fucking Michael from the Halloween series, like it's fine. Whatever. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Fictional. He's fictional. Yeah. <laughs> That's Honestly, weird, but fine. <laughs> Paw Patrol. Dress them up as Paw Patrol. When I was at my HR conference, I had to watch an episode of Paw Patrol at the restaurant. And I don't know why, but I'm very heavily invested in this <laughs> one dog that's got this little like digger. And it was helping a whale that was stuck under the ice, trying to get back to the mama whale. Emily, oh, I don't, I don't know God. if you... and it like couldn't swim and it sank to the bottom, and the whale helped it out. I don't know if you know this, but a cab includes the Paw Patrol dogs. Everyone gets one Everybody cop. Gets one you can cop have one body. cop. Mine, Mine is, is Will Graham. <laughs> and Emily's is the one dog from Paw Patrol. <laughs> Digger. 
I don't know what his name was. It was muted, so I like made up. Nikki was so invested, you didn't hear it. I was tired. So thank you guys for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. Like another spooky episode in the bag. I love it. It's like our fifth one. I'm so happy. I think the last time I was on this show was for a spooky episode. Really? Maybe. And not even the last one. No, it's got to be more recent than that because Michelle was on for the last spooky episode we did, and you were on for the one before that, I believe. Yeah. yeah, but you were on. We did the ghost interact. It's been a while. Thank you for having me. Thank you. For of course, we love having our sometimes co-host. Dumb shit. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Um, thank you for being here. Um, we will be back. Uh, uh, we'll make. <laughs> we're gonna figure it out. It's like the my white Valentino bag. <laughs> it's that fucking vibe. <laughs> my, my white Valentino. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Look at that. We just made that unlistenable. We did. That was ridiculous. There's gonna be so much cutting, but that's 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 how I feel about when we're gonna release this podcast next. We're gonna, gonna do take our best. Over the O feeling, but like, all of my stories are gonna be completely made up. <laughs> <laughs> like, Don't tell me. Source of my uncle who works at Nintendo. Source my own brain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I did joke about that of being like, "Hey, what if Bubs and Cat did an episode?" Uh, honestly, we have I'll do it. I don't even too dis- much going on. I don't even I hate that. Bubs. I know he's gonna be down. I would actually love. That's yeah. fine by me. Yeah. Um, as long as one day we can you do an episode of your podcast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just yell at each other about shit we love. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you guys again. Um, we thank will you. be with you soon. And uh, in the meantime, do not ever, 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 ever forget your can of holy water. Oh, good one. Good one. You need a whole can where yeah, we're whole going. Whole fucking can. <laughs> Just shove across into the can and then shove it up your butt. Shake it. Around. Whoa. Who's that? <laughs> I'm not possessed. Wait. In this scenario, I need you to know what's the holy in your hole. hole.